Morning. That's better, isn't it? I felt like uh, some sort of dance troupe then. I just walked up and then a whole stuff happened behind me. It was felt quite impressive. We should do that more often. Uh, good morning. My name's David. Uh, a real special welcome to you if this is your first time and you're unfamiliar with what normally goes on. Particular hello to the Johnson crew. So glad that you joined us. Thank you for supporting the, the family in, in what's a special partnership around parenting. And so much of that is what's been the focus of, uh, of this journey of Faith for Generations. We, you've caught us in a, a sermon series called Faith for Generations, looking at uh, what contribution people of different ages and stages can make to the life of children and young people as they develop, as they explore faith, as they ask questions, as they struggle, as they believe in God, as they uh, get angry with God, all those different uh, stages that we might go through. And you've caught us uh, as we focus in a little bit on faith of generations in our church, in our gatherings, in our, in our moments. And so I'll, I'll catch you up with the... Um, with where we're at uh, in a moment. But I just want to draw your attention to um, this table, uh, this dining table. I, and I kind of want to say to you, <clears throat> everyone is welcome at the, the Lord's table. Everyone is welcome. I'm not talking about communion. I'm talking about um, God's invitation to all of us to come into, into fellowship with him, into food. Jesus was so loved being around food, so much of uh, what he did was around food, around the everyday life. He talks about heaven as being a banquet, as being this special place. And sometimes we don't get our gatherings particularly right. Sometimes um, we can have certain requirements about what it looks like. Even if it's not spoken, we can have some unspoken rules about what it means to be at the Lord's table. Uh, and perhaps if you've come here for the first time and you're not used to church, it might feel strange. Where do I sit? Am I, am I supposed to wear a certain thing? Should, am I going to get shouted at for not wearing a tie or wearing a tie? What's the expected? If you've ever not played golf and then gone to a golf course, you, you'll know what this feels like. It feels very uncomfortable. I got into golf probably eight years ago. Um, and there were so many things I didn't know. I turned up with the wrong shoes. I turned up with the wrong trousers. I turned up not wearing the right things. I turned up um, and I walked in front of someone's path when they would have been putting past that way. There's just all sorts of strange rules. I know, I know. Those who know golf know that's just a not done thing. And you know what? Golf in a proper golf club can be so intimidating for a learner, for someone who's exploring golf. That's why I love par three courses. Because you get to turn up in your jeans, you get to turn up with your mates, you get to thrash around all over the place and decide whether this golf thing is actually has got any, any legs to it. Uh, and sometimes, because of the way that we, we set up church, it can feel a little bit like that. So thank you for joining us. Thank you for coming uh, today. Thank you for being a part of what we are. If, if, we're, if we're not welcoming in, in what we do, if we're not explained enough, that's our thing. So you just feel really comfortable. And, and let me remind you that Jesus was so good at going into all sorts of different environments with all sorts of different people who might have had all sorts of expectations about what they should and shouldn't do and just loving them just loving them. So if nothing else, we would love you to leave this place this morning knowing that God loves you, that he made you, that he's got a plan for your life, and also he's got a plan for how you can be in the fullness of life. And we believe that that's through Jesus. We believe that's in him. Don't we? Yes. A few people do. Great. Brilliant. So Faith for Generations, um, we kicked off with Rachel Turner um, three weeks ago uh, as, as she was talking about as a, as a church, we've become dislocated in many ways when it comes to faith for generations. And looking at, um, if you haven't yet heard it, do have a look on the website and listen to it. 
um, but looking at a, a dislocated body where we're all separated in our, um, from the kids, from the youth, we've we, we become separated in the way that we do things uh, and trying to figure out better ways that we can be connected. So a call to us uh, as grown-ups to open our spaces and to share our stories, a powerful, powerful teaching. Tim then was looking at faith for generations in Jesus' eyes. Children have the same value in the kingdom. That's what Jesus modeled. And we want to encourage every age to encounter Jesus, encounter him. And then Andrew last week was talking about faith in our homes, sharing responsibilities, sharing experiences, and sharing worship. And now we come to look at faith for generations uh, in our church. What is it? Uh, about our gatherings. And when I say our gatherings, uh, I'm not just talking about what happens on Sunday. Uh, many of you will be in life groups uh, in the weekend, at, at midweek, at different points. Um, so it's not just about our gatherings, but something of what we do here. What is it that we do when we gather here? And what does that communicate um, to those who are a younger generation? <clears throat> but what I want to start by saying is that if we are going to see, pause for effect, I apologize in advance, someone's given me fizzy water, so if any ungodly noises come from my mouth, <clears throat> blame the operations team. <clears throat> i try and contain myself. <clears throat> uh, I want to say that, that, that what we would love to see, what, what we um, would love to see for Jacob, what we'd love to see for the, the children in our, in our spheres of influence, is that they grow up uh, to know God and to be thriving in him, that they thrive now in the way they are able to connect with God directly, that they're not dependent on priests or situations or environments, that whether they're in school, whether at home, wherever they are, they've learned to connect with God. And that, that translates into the rest of their journey of life. It's not dependent on whether they come on a Sunday. It's not dependent on whether all of those things, that's what we would love to see happen. So I want to say, actually, the vision and the dream Church is not enough. Our, our gathered moments, whether it's life groups, it, it isn't enough for us to see what we want to see. It has to happen, as Deuteronomy 6 talks about. It happens, you, you, you impress your children by talking about them when you walk along the road, when you're sat with them at home, when you, sit, when you lie down, when you get up. It's about the everyday mundane bits of life. Um, where you get to frame something of God in those moments, where you get to open your life and give space. Um, Rachel Turner did an amazing training day for us yesterday, um, just exploring some of that. But the reality is, and one of the reasons that we've done this sermon series is, even if we're not parents at the moment of younger children or older children, even if that's not our stage of life, we recognize that it takes, it takes more than just parents and a nucleus family to, to make the kind of impact that we want to see in our children's lives. It takes, uh, as Rachel Turner's book says, it takes a church to raise a parent and we want to be partnering with parents in our church. Uh, we want this to be a place where, where parents can learn and can, and can mess up and can grow in sharing their faith with their kids. And it's not just about our gatherings. I... Uh, I've got, th uh, I was going to say, five kids under three. Whew. So glad that's not true. Whew. Oh, I just got a cold sweat. That was horrible. 
I've got three kids, five and under. Phew, that's so much easier. It's so much better. It's a doddle, honestly. If you haven't done it yet, try it. It's just a, it's, it's easy. Um, uh, and I'm excited about them learning faith. Uh, but, but often what we end up doing is we, we try to extend our church faith into our home. And I think we need to be extending our home faith, faith. Our church faith should be an extension of our home faith. It should be an extension of what's happening. But often we try and recreate it in our homes. So, so I've done that recently, trying to have these amazing worship sessions with my, my three kids. And recently we're doing Lion and the Lamb, and we're singing. And, and I tried to feed the next lion to my kids, because I was getting all excited in, in worship in our front room. I was getting all excited. And uh, I was trying to feed the next lion. I was like, come on, kids, because they were messing around on jumping off sofas and stuff like that. Um, it'd be great if we did that in Sunday mornings, wouldn't it? Um, and I said, come on, kids, who can stop the Lord Almighty? And Ben just jumped down and went, me! <laughs> and I was like, okay, we, this isn't, Josh Chesworth would not approve of that. This is... So I booked Josh to come into our home once a week just so that he could teach us worship. No, I didn't. I didn't. I, I, I was then doing, uh, anyone who was here last Sunday night will know as I was talking about home, um, I was trying to model, you know, teaching the Bible to my kids and we do a Bible story in the morning sometimes on, uh, around our breakfast table. Uh, and I was, I was trying to encourage my daughter who's just learning to read um, that she, that at some point, she'll be able to uh, help out. So I said, to, I said to her, hey Bethany, at some point you'll be reading the Bible stories at breakfast, won't you? And she went, yes, because you'll be dead. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, if we're communicating to our children that they can have a go when we die, we're not doing church right, are we? And I wonder if there's a, I wonder if there's a lesson in that. I wonder if, at what point, at what point do we think um, a younger generation can contribute to what church is? Do they come to church, or are they church coming? Are they, are they bringing church? How helpful is this um, separation stuff that, that we do? And is it, is it, is it right? Does it, does it work? How, how long should the kids be in the celebration before they go out? Should they experience communion with us? Should they experience the offering? I was at uh, um, another church on one of my days off. Yep, I did go to another church. I'm so sorry. It won't happen again. It, it, was, it was just a one-time thing. Um, but for the first time, because their kids go out a little bit later, for the first time I found myself having to explain communion to my, my kids, because it was happening around us. And I found myself having to communicate the offering and what we do with our finances um, with our kids and, and giving them a little bit of money to put in so they could kind of model it and learn it. And I was like, oh, it just got me thinking. And that's, that's a journey that we as a leadership team need to go on around our, our gatherings and around our Sunday mornings and how we shape it and how we reflect it and what we're, where we're allowing our lives to press into the, to the lives of the younger generations around us. But it might be something you want to be thinking about in terms of your life groups, asking some of the questions around where, is it, where, where, where does your faith get some traction and are the kids around you seeing that and what can we, what can we model about that? Everyone is welcome at the table, but sometimes the table feels like 
then it does, there's not necessarily a welcome for kids. And this is, this is my little uh, attempt at a, an explanation, a little diagram. Um, oh. That makes much more sense now, doesn't it? You were all confused until I switched those over. Um, so this is a table sometimes of what we make of worship, of, of, of our gatherings, of, of, uh, of church. We talk about faith of generations in our church. Uh, and what happens at the moment is we have our, um, our babies and they, and they go out at some point, or, or our kids, younger kids, they've got their special, their special seat, uh, and then there's a gap, and then, then we have our, our kids' ministries, and this is my best attempt at youth ministry, is that all right? <laughs> is that okay, kind of a, a beanbag? Um, and then, if, if our kids manage to get all the way through there, then they get to come to the big seats. I know you didn't want to woo, because you did think, I don't like this, I don't like the way this is working, and I'm sure this is not what David thinks. But there is something around... At what point do they come and share the big stuff with us? At what point do they graduate? Have we, have we, have we built an idea around our, our gatherings where it's for progression and you progress from one stage to another? Because if any of you have had young kids or, um, or have seen your grandchildren grow up and, and progress or not progress, you'll know that there are, some, there are some pitfalls and some chasms in some of this stuff. There are some gaps between these kind of ministries as people move on. Are they going to... Are they going to make it through to youth as, as so much in their home life is changing, so much in their school life is changing? Are they going to um, progress to the stage of the beanbag? And then are they going to go off to uni and will, will they connect into the big round-the-table feasting of, of, of everyone? Will, will that happen? Now, I, don't th- I think if we did church amazingly and, and if we figured out everything and it was... It was shaped multi-generational in a healthy way. I still think there's the chance, if it's not happening in the home, the home is the most important thing that bridges all these gaps. That's why we need to be supporting our parents. Amen? Because it bridges all the gaps. And and it's not about an, an environment that they're in. It's about just everything. But I wonder if we're not, if we've, if we've made some gaps that aren't helpful in terms of how often we gather and what we see. I wonder if we're taking 300 examples of worshippers away from our kids on a Sunday. You guys example worship. I learned to do this by just copying my dad when I was growing up. I just did it. I didn't know what it was. I still couldn't explain all of it to you, just so you know. But I saw it. I learned to pray in tongues from an old couple who gave me sweets on a Sunday morning. And, And... they, they just they exuded the love of Jesus. Jed and Maud. What kind of names are they, I thought, as a kid? I was like, Jed and Maud. But they were the best names ever because they loved me. I knew that I was welcome around them, and I knew that they were comfortable with me, and they made an attempt. They, they, just, they just shone the love of God. And they spoke in tongues. So the speaking in tongues that was happening in the home, I could also see in our church growing up that wasn't a church that was moving in the things of the Spirit. And yet someone was was modeling it. So I just think we've got some questions to ask about whether some, whether, yeah, there's, there's questions to be asked. There's, there's conversations to be had. There's, there's wrestling around. Is this a progression? Or, or does it look different? Does it look like straight away when, the, when kids come in here, they feel like this is their place and this is their space and they're welcome. 
What I love about what we do here as a church is one of the first things is the kids come to the front. The kids come to the front and, and we, we, we try to do a, a family slot that's all aging, that's, that's, that's engaging for, for the kids. There's a priority around that. What I love in terms of faith for generations is that as a whole bunch of grown-ups who are, who are sharing their lives with the kids over there, there's so much that we are already doing that makes faith for generations work. Um, but I'm really up for finding ways and for having discussions as a, a leadership team about, um, about some of this progression and wondering whether the feast might not look a little bit more like... I don't know how you really eat a, with a beanbag here, so you just have to... Maybe I should have had some music at this point, I don't know. Are there ways that we can communicate with every generation in our church that, um, that the feast is for everyone, that they're all invited? Um, that's not to say I don't think that we're always going to have everyone in the same room at the same time. I don't think that's necessarily helpful. I, I also don't think that kids should be the focus of church. God should be the focus of church. I, I, think, I think when it comes to families, children change a home, don't they? They change a home. Children come into a home, they change it. You have to adapt. But they shouldn't ever dominate. It's not about dominating, but there's changing and there's adapting and there's an appropriateness around that. What I love this morning is uh, there's a, a small girl, I, I don't know her, maybe she's a visitor today, but she found the little red chair up at the front here ready to go and she brought it over to this reserved space. And she found a chair that was her size and it said, you're welcome. I ex we expected that you would be here and there's a place for you. And I want that to be what, what we do and what we say as a church. I want there to be a place for our kids amongst us. And I don't know if that should always be separated. And that, I just saw that and it was beautiful. I was like, yes, she came and found a, ch a chair her size. And have we made a table that's only got big chairs? Or have we got, some, have we got, have we got a table where, where kids come and they know that they're part of it? Where kids experience praying for people in the power of the Holy Spirit? Where kids experience extended times of worship where the Spirit's welcome. I just wonder. Um, we're going to play a little um, video. Um, sorry, I'm not at all stuck to my notes. Um, we're going to play a little video while I compose myself, and then we'll see if we're going to land somewhere. I, I really don't think I could articulate my, my excitement and passion around children's, um, children and church and, and, and faithful generations better than that video does. And children want to learn to cook, they just need an invitation. Children want to learn to cook, they just need an invitation. Uh, and what I love about Rachel Turner's ministry and what she contributes is that she takes some of the patronizing away from that. It's not about kidifying everything that we do. It's about finding language and framing what we do in a way that, that says, you're welcome, we expected that you would be here, and there's a role for you. Because if our kids and our young people don't find a role in our family, they will find a role somewhere else. They will find their significance somewhere else. They will enjoy teams where they get to contribute and where they get to thrive. And if we're not giving them that space in the way that, we're, in, in the way that our, in our corporate gatherings, 
um, I think we're, we're robbing them of opportunities to be part of our family and to thrive and to flourish. Um, I think that'll do. Does anyone want to hear me talking for any longer about this? No? Great. Great. Why don't we stand? <laughs> The Bible says that we're to train a child in the way that they should go. And when they're older, they'll not depart from it. If you're, if you're new to us and you're not familiar with what we... What we do here, um, we just believe in the power of God to help us live life and to make sense of some of the stuff that, uh, that's said from the front, that's said from in amongst our family. And, and we want to create space um, to pray. We want to create space for God to come and help us. Um, uh, some people just like to hold their hands out just expecting that the Holy Spirit, who's, who God talks about as a gift, is, is going to come and help us. Jesus, come Holy Spirit. So come Holy Spirit, come. Would you come and remind us that everyone is welcome at the table? Lord, if there's anyone in this room who has felt like coming into a church is a place where they wouldn't be welcome, would you sear through their heart with your love? Jesus, I want to pray for everyone in this room who would consider themselves part of this family, but they haven't felt like they're part of the family. They've felt like an outsider, not needed, not connected. Jesus, I pray that they would know that they are welcome at your table, that they are welcome at the feast that is this family gathering.
just going to, I'm going to pray a prayer. And it's a prayer inviting Jesus into your life. If you have... If you've never felt welcome at his table before, if you, for whatever reason, whatever you've done, whatever you've messed up, whatever you've tried to get right in your own strength, the Bible says that all have missed the mark and fallen short of the glory of God. Everyone. And our gathering today is not a gathering of the Christian as if we've all hit a certain level of moral living our gathering today is around the recognition that we all need a saviour and it's his life that we want in ours so I'm going to give you the opportunity to pray and say Jesus would you come into my life would you, would you welcome me at your table and if you want to say yes to Jesus today I would encourage you to pray that with me give you a line at a time and you can just pray it make it your own say say the words you want to but basically you're saying God I'm sorry for trying to do life without you come and help me do life with you and welcome me at your table so you can pray these words Jesus I have never felt welcome at your table but I believe that you love me And that your invitation to me this morning is to come. I ask that you would come into my heart. I'm sorry for trying to do life without you. Come and show me life and life to the full. In Jesus' name. That might be one of many, many prayers that you pray as you progress in your journey of faith. But just while everyone's eyes are closed, if, if you've prayed that for the first time, it'd just be really helpful if you could just indicate by raising your hand, we'd love to make sure that you, we get some, some support. No one's going to do anything strange. We'd love to give you a little why Jesus leaflet just to explain something of what you've what you've prayed if you've prayed that for the first time could you just raise your hand so I can see thank you so Lord would you help us as we continue on our journey of faith for those starting afresh today from those recommitting Lord thank you that we're welcome at your table And Lord, as a church, we just want to pray that you would help us uh, to shape how we gather, shape how we meet together in a way that welcomes others of all ages, of all stages of faith. But we pray particularly today that you would give us vision. We pray your blessing on the leadership team. We pray your blessing on life group leaders as we consider and as we wrestle with what it means to partner with parents, what it means to reach out to those kids who don't yet know you. what it means to be a grandparent, an uncle, an auntie, a a primary carer, whatever it is, we pray, Father, that this would be a place where parents can thrive, where people who have primary care over children can find support and nourishment 
you make us examples, Lord? I pray that, that we would know that we, there's 500 worship leaders in this room setting an example, modeling to those who are watching. Help us to frame what we do. Help us to give windows to those who are around us so that they can grab hold of some truth uh, and find a relationship with you for themselves. I'd love to just invite you um, if you want um, prayer for anything if, if, if you just know you can't get through this next week without uh, some strengthening uh, we've got some space down at the front where we'd love to lay hands on people love to pray for you if there's particular things that have been stirred around some of the stuff that have been said by Tim this morning by myself if you feel particularly inspired around um, having and influencing kids' lives, if, if it's a call to kids' ministry, if it's a call to whatever it is, if maybe you, as parents you just want to come forward, as grandparents, as, for, whatever, for whatever reason you want to come forward and just ask that someone would pray for you, that, that God would bless you in the role that you have with the younger generation, we would love to be praying for you. So why don't you just begin to come forward, there'll be people that can stand with you and pray for you there's anyone in the house and you need a touch of God in your body there's something physically that's not how it should be it's not how it has been we would love to pray for you we've got 10 or so minutes we can linger here with plenty of time before any uh, kids need to be picked up if those who are praying could just begin to gather and come and lay hands on and just Sensing what God's doing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you're doing. Just just at the risk of um, being a little firmer than David, <laughs> if I'm allowed to get away with it. If you are a parent here and uh, you don't need to collect your young ones from kids' church, um, I'm asking you the question, why would you not want to be prayed for right now? Why would you not need some help with that? Um, I'm one. I always do. It's not to persuade or bully in any way, but please take advantage. This is a safe place. Uh, and nothing, if this is a bit new to you, nothing weird happens. But God is out to bless us. Remember that always in all the different hats that we wear in life. And um, that's true for all of us. But in light of where we're at, if you have the primary care of little ones, you have an amazing responsibility. We have an extraordinary responsibility. I just invite you to come and be strengthened and blessed in that responsibility. And we'll need plenty of family members too just to come and, uh, and pray, please. So if it's not for you to receive prayer this morning, that's cool. Would you come and pray for somebody else and impart strength and courage and grace to them? That would be really helpful. Just to un underline what David said too, if you've got pain in your body this morning, you, 
that, that is the particular bit of brokenness that you carry this morning and you, you just love for God to, to touch that, then come, please, come, come. I think we, I think we could uh, do with quite a few more people just to come and pray. I'd love to invite um, anyone just to come and lay hands on, come and stand around in, in really healthy imagery around, uh, around some of the, the parents. Um, just gathered around as a, as a church. We gather around, we support them, we cheer them on, we pray. Could do with a, a couple of ladies to your right, my left. just want to say I probably didn't mention it as much as I, I could have in, in our in my talk but for so many of us family and kids feels really painful and we've got history maybe maybe of any age we've got history around how we were parented if, if it would help you to, to come forward and have some prayer around that if that's prompting stuff or you're feeling uncomfortable about parenting at any, at any stage we would love to, to pray for you Loved to, we'd love to lay a hand on and just, just ask for God to move and bless. <laughs> 